What's going on, everybody? Welcome in the Thursday episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill back for the second time this week. And we're going to be previewing, obviously, the CFL games coming up this week. The OUA games, because we got four of those. A little bit of U Sports stuff as well. And the U Sports Top 10 is out this week. So, whenever we get into this uh, wild week that is the CFL, we got teams playing twice. Uh, but no, first of all, we want to start off with uh, Sawdust City Brewing Company. They offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This October, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. Highly suggest you get on those beers. Sawdust City is great. We absolutely love their beers. And we also love all the great products that are brought to you by Fox 40. As are we, the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For all of your whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com. And when you do, enter the code CFP15 at checkout. For 15% off your order, they have a ton of great things, coaching boards, whistles, obviously, and a ton of cool gear. So check them out, fox40shop.com. News and notes time. We have a bit of stuff to get into. Obviously, the main piece of news came down early in the week. Kenny Lawler is going to be out this week for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, He was arrested, DUI, so he will be unavailable this week for those bombers uh it's gonna leave some some holes in that offense obviously but gonna force guys like nick Dembski and drew waltarski to step up in this game and i mean against an edmonton team that gave up a lot of yardage against the red blacks uh we could see them fill in quite nicely for that role but you know it's tough with lawler i mean he caught 200 yards 12 catches last week they're gonna definitely miss his presence Yeah, leads the league in receiving. But I mean, when you have on the flip side, when you have a guy like Andrew Harrison, your defense is that good where you can just eat the clock with your ground game and, you know, keep teams off the field with your defense. Uh, I think they might be okay in this one, especially after where the Edmonton Elks are going to fall in our power rankings this week. I don't know where they're going (laughs) to. I might hold out hope, but uh, two losses against the same team is always a pretty bad look. Uh, Caleb Evans, though, Quarterback matchup tonight, uh, I guess last night, because we're recording this on a Wednesday, but it's coming out for you guys on Thursday. Caleb Evans against McLeod Bethel-Thompson should be a good matchup or should have been a good matchup. We will wait to see uh, for the Ottawa Red Blacks and Toronto Argos. Jack Kassar got his first start, though, so hopefully people kept their eyes on the Carlton Ravens prospect. Yeah, I mean, it's weird trying to tape this for the following day. But yeah, I mean, like, hopefully, hopefully we turn our TVs on and, and tonight and then see it. You guys will see it when this comes out. But hopefully by the time you guys listen to this, Jack Kassar will have had a great game in his first start. Awesome to see a former OUA guy getting in the lineup. Sorry for his loss over the weekend, though. Gigi's took home the third straight. He wrote it in, Connor. Keep Not letting this one go. Uh, we can jump into the OUA preview in just a second, but I wanted to talk about the major CFL news that's going around circles. Uh, that would be the release, not of a player, 
but of Eddie Steele uh, with CHED Edmonton Elks Radio. He uh, went on some interviews and said uh, some things, you know, about the Edmonton Elks and namely Brock Sunderland and how the dysfunction starts at the top and trickles its way down. And everything that he said is on point for what has been shown thus far in the CFL season. And it's not really a secret. People are saying this, but all of a sudden he was let go by the Elks. And it was clear that it was because of the comments he'd made. Um, I'm sorry, but the Edmonton Elks, Connor, we had the rollout. We were hyped for the logo and everything. This is an awful way to rebrand your organization because you know what it stands for now? A cool logo and a bunch of BS. Because quite frankly, like what have they done this year to really generate a fan base, generate a buzz outside of your logo? Because you've poisoned the well now from your fans, possible future employees, some current employees, current players, possible free agent players and coaches. Who wants to go to Edmonton? Who is willingly going to say, you know what? Yeah, I'll sign a contract and go there. They've got an, a GM that has people afraid to say anything against him. And their team is clearly divided because they don't play as a unit on the field, despite all the talent they have. Like, if you look at their offense on paper, it should be one of the best units in the CFL. But with no cohesion, they have faltered drastically this year. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, and, and just to kind of drive home the point that you were trying to make about, you know, kind of the, the internal stuff affecting the on-field play, look at, in their own division, look at how well the Bombers organization is run and, and look at what has happened there as of late, right? I mean, over the last however many years, they've been the best or one of the best in the league, uh, resulted in a great cup in 2019. I don't know, man. Like, I, I have to agree. It's definitely not a great look. And and there's some turmoil right now in Edmonton. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. It's it's tough to watch. And uh, hopefully Eddie Steele lands on his feet somewhere. Uh, the longtime Eskimos player when they were still known as that. Uh, and radio broadcaster deserved much better. Uh, and he's seen a bevy of support come out in in such in the following moments since so uh let's get into the oua preview uh we've got two friday games we've got two games on saturday it's the best weekend around because that's the weekend of the three f's football food and family that is thanksgiving weekend and that means we get a fourth f friday night lights uh no thursday games this week or this year, I guess, unlike previous years with the OUA. But Friday, we've got a top 10 matchup, which I will be at. Uh, but the other one is in the nation's capital, the Toronto Varsity Blues coming off a loss against Queens, going to take on the Carlton Ravens, who Connor knows lost the Tana game. Coming off a loss as well. Coming off a loss as well for those Ravens. Um, this should be all, all things considered, this should be a really fun matchup. Um, I mean, obviously I was looking forward to watching Tanner DeYoung and Clay Sequeira go toe to toe in this one. Unfortunately, uh, Tanner is out with an injury and it was Reed Van Kofnett that took over at quarterback in the Panda game. 
Uh, for me in this one, like, like, I guess the way to divide this one up, I'll let you talk about the Toronto stuff. Obviously, you are a little bit more familiar with that than I am. But for, for me in this one, for Carlton, I mean, barring the Panda game and even, even flashes of the Panda game, their defense has looked great this season. Their special teams unit uh, quite confidently is one of the best in, in Ontario. Run game, Nathan Carter this season has looked very good. He had over 100 in the Panda game. But their offense when Tanner was in, it was built around – throwing the football and downfield plays and taking those shots and, you know, kind of using Nathan Carter to open those things up and, and use the PA and the read action that, that Tanner was very good at running. But in the Panda game, I, I know it was raining and it was wet and both teams threw under 20 passes, but to have 49 passing yards, not a great look for the Ravens. I, I mean, you gotta let Reed Bancoffnet throw the ball. I get he's your backup quarterback, but if this is your identity, if this is the game plan and the playbook that you installed, you need to run what you installed. Let and, the rookie throw. And if Lefebvre ends up going, it's the same deal because it wasn't that you know you need to throw as much as you need to at least trust your quarterback to do something on the offense because you just can't say, all right, hand off to Nathan Carter. We we don't really need to take chances with you. Like, let's just uh, get it out of the way. You you just hand off the ball with Nate Carter 25 times. Hopefully we get some yardage and you can complete, complete some screen passes as well. Like, you need to push a defense because they start keying in. And like Ottawa did, those DBs at the end of the game knew you weren't testing them. When it came down to your final plays. Ottawa played DBs a zero look on the final play. They played a flat top defense and they – they were like, okay, we don't think you're going to throw the ball deep. We're going to break on these short throws. Yeah, and you played not even like a true zero when you're at 10, like, like most university teams do. You're playing zero at like six, seven. You're just staying flat-footed and waiting on something to be thrown in front of you because you know. And, you know, with the Carlton offensive line struggles that they've had all year, teams know they can hit home with that. Um, but on the other side of the coin for Toronto, this game comes down to – one thing and one thing only. Can you stop the running game? I guess I should say two things so I can build a bit more. But can you stop the running game? We saw it with Rashid Tucker. We called it with Rashid Tucker. You couldn't stop him. 200 yards total, two touchdowns, uh, 194 on the ground. But at the same time, the offense needs to get going. And against this Carlton secondary, they are going to have to be on their game. It's a long road trip. It's a Friday night, so it's a short week for both teams. But Toronto needs to get back in the win column, and they're going to do so by getting guys like Nolan Lovegrove involved. Yeah, absolutely agree. Do you think that Toronto in this one needs to try to find a little bit of a ground game, or are you fine with Toronto doing as Toronto has done since the start of 2019 and just letting the ball fly? I, I just want to see them control some clock because that is – one danger with going with the hard air raid is you don't usually control much of the clock. And against Queens, they didn't get that chance. It was two to one and a bit more in favor of Queens for time of possession in the game. So uh, just find a way to control the clock and, you know, give your defense a break every once in a while because they, they have kept you in a lot of games. Well, the first game and they played tough, but when you get worn down and Rashid Tucker starts to, you know, go for 200, <laughs> uh, it's a tough look to get your offense going. 
So let's go to the other Friday night game. The let's Queens. talk about Rasheed Tucker. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Rasheed <laughs> Tucker. The Queens Gale is traveling to Guelph to take on those Griffins. Queens, 3-0, top seed team in the East. Uh, Rasheed Tucker is the game plan right now for the Queens yes. Gales. Uh, he is the game plan. It is Rasheed Tucker, Rasheed Tucker, Rasheed Tucker. Deep ball to Richard Burton. More Rasheed Tucker. And then sprinkle in the Connor Burton-Shaw goal line mall where Burt just kind of bullies people. But it's Rasheed Tucker, and then it's James Keenan moving around when he has to. Richard Burton's going to catch a touchdown. This is I'm, – I'm starting to – on top of our Rasheed Tucker gets 100 yards a game. It is now going to be Rasheed Tucker gets 100. Richard Burton scores a touchdown. That's how we're going to look at Queens this year. He has three Stop and three one. games right now. Stop one of them. Guelph. Just do one job. Stop one or the other. I would more focus on Rasheed Tucker. Yeah. Because yeah, was, that one's the one that say. kills you. With, with almost 200 yards last week and two touchdowns, I'm probably going to focus on number one in the backfield. Uh, that is Rasheed Tucker. If you shut down Tucker, I think you shut down the Gales in this one. And, man, I mean, Kenny only throws 20 attempts in, the, in a game because he only has to throw 20 attempts a game with Tucker going off like he does. Uh, for Guelph in this one, Find some offensive rhythm. Find the offensive rhythm that you that you had against Western. I don't know what it was against Windsor, but they just didn't look right. I know Sean Law wasn't in the game. It was DeAndre Rose under center for Guelph. But regardless of who's under center, offensive rhythm is huge in this one. Their defense is great, man. Guelph's defense is fast. They play aggressive. So I think, you know, pressure Queens, force Keenan to make quick decisions when he is throwing the ball and get into the backfield and focus on Rashid Tucker. And for Guelph, uh, we don't know who we're getting at quarterback as of yet. Uh, if it is Sean Lull, I will be very excited to see how tall he actually is on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> I'm still holding out that Sean Lull is over seven feet. So this is a, a good start. Um, but no, I, I, I'm excited to see this. It's a top 10 matchup. Both teams are nationally ranked. Uh, Guelph is going to be pissed off coming off their loss. Queens knows that they have to keep building, especially against an opponent like Guelph, who's ranked if they want to be taken more seriously than just beating up on some of the Eastern opponents who, you know, have, have struggled early on in the year. I'm not really sure Guelph's beating up on Queens in this one either. I think this is uh, this a nasty, be a nasty Queens. Don't forget, team. these guys played in 2019, and it went down to the wire. Like, overtime, overtime field overtime goal win, game. like, it was a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, we'll Under see the Paul lights Frox, as well. It we'll was see another Paul Frox, game. the chrome helmets, because I always am a big fan oh, of those. Oh, those look good under the lights, too. A night game with the chrome helmets, <laughs> with the lights shining off the chrome, it looked great. But uh, let's go to the next game. Mac at Windsor. Simple recipe for Mac. Andreas Duick. Uh, he's, now that Tanner was unable to play in the last game, Duick has taken over as the yards per game leader through the air. It's pretty evident. You're going to have to get him going. He's your top dog. He's your leader. He is why you guys were able to take down Waterloo last week. And it's going to be the same thing. Get going early. Get going with your rhythm. Find your pup brother on offense. The pup brother on defense is going to do his thing. We already know that. Uh, let's go, Mac. And they're going to be riding this pretty hard to get in uh, and get out with a win especially after Guelph had their trap game last week. It's two vastly different McMaster teams. There's the Mac team that we saw against Western when they couldn't throw the ball. And then there's this Mac team 
where they seem to have found a rhythm with Dweck, who only missed five through for like 350. Um, yeah, d- when Dweck is throwing the ball, when Dweck's finding his rhythm and getting those throws downfield uh, and staying on the field, that's the other thing, staying on the field. Uh, we see what type of Mac team this is. It is a team that is built to throw the ball. It's a team that is built to even, you know, it's a team that's built to push the ball downfield and really play aggressive against the secondaries. But for Windsor in this one, we saw the recipe against Guelph get into the backfield and force pressure, use your ground game, much like Queens, use your ground game to keep those opposing teams off the field. I mean, I, I know he didn't score in this one. I mean, he did score and it was taken away, but David Adenaran, the running back, you need to use him to control the clock and kind of try to siphon away siphon away those minutes and keep Dweck off the field. But um, I don't know, man, I, I think Mac is really trying to, to, there's, there's still people questioning Mac as a top 10 team with a one-on-one record. I think Mac is kind of trying to prove some things to, to those doubters right now. And a win against uh, Windsor will certainly help in their case, especially after that beat down on Guelph, uh, not really beat down, but halt of Guelph uh, last game of the weekend. York traveling to Ottawa as well to take on the GGs who are still reveling like Connor in their Panda game glory. Uh, for Ottawa, though, recipe JP Simonkinda, Dawson O'Day, just pound the ground game. Uh, if Miracle's still out because we did not see him return after the third quarter, then Rock with Matt Mahler. And, you know, he slung Rock around pretty well. He's a mobile guy. Maybe you just go run heavy, run heavy, read option, some RPO action. Um, I, I thought he would, he managed the game very well when he came in, but for them going against this York team, use your big bodies on the offensive line, Jelly, Pelios, and Simon Kinda in the backfield is a big body as well, and just work down this game. It'll go in your favor if you do. And like here, here's my thing with the Ottawa offense in the run game. We see what type of team Ottawa is when they have that ground game going. J.P. Simikin, 133 yards on the ground in the Panda game. And they had three wide receivers who were over 50 yards in that one. Daniel Oladejo, Rodney Estime, and Tristan Park, all over 50 yards in that game. Same thing again in the first game against Toronto. When they had the ground game going, they were able to throw the ball. So for me, Ottawa really needs to lean on the run, be a run-heavy team, because when they are and when they're running the ball well, they're able to then throw the ball. For me, Ottawa this year kind of seems like they're a run first, two pass the ball type team. Um, and their, their defense needs to keep being aggressive. When they're, when they're being aggressive, they're allowed to play loose. And when they get to play loose, we see what they're able to do. They're knocking down balls left, right, and center and making plays. But for York in this one, I think the key, I mean, you, you can feel free to jump in on this one, but don't worry about, the yardage so much as your own goal line, if that makes sense, like let Ottawa rack up as many yards as they're going to rack up, but I'm fine if they go for 150 and no touchdowns, right? Like if they have, if they have two drives of 150 or sorry, they have two drives that total 150 yards. It looks like they went off. It looks like they had, you know, a good first two drives, but they haven't found the, the end zone yet. They haven't put points on the board or at least no majors, much like we saw Laurier do against Western, don't worry about, you know, what they're doing in, in those big chunk plays. Just worry about not letting them find the end zone. And 
that's it for the OUA slate this weekend. Of course, you guys can check our breakdown as well over at the OUA. Uh, U Sports top 10, though. Yikes. Uh, bottom up, Waterloo, Regina, Manitoba, Guelph, Queens, Mac, Laval, Car- Calgary, Western, Montreal. So a new number one for the third week in a row in the U Sports top 10. Uh, at this point, I saw JJ tweet out, our top 10 doesn't mean anything for who plays where or national championships. So why are people getting worked up about this? But at the same time, there's no consistency in this. And it's like one game, you could lose one game and it's, oh, well, drop new five rankings. Well, are, really? Because power rankings and top tens of top tens isn't supposed to be a, well, you won last week, you lost last week. It's supposed to be a, you are the best team. If you want to drop a team one spot because they lost, but don't drop a team all the way out for a win because Saskatchewan got yeah. beat out of the top 10 and they came back and crushed UBC. Meanwhile, Concordia X, they're yeah. out of the top 10 as well. So and Concordia I mean, arguably has one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. And they're a pretty competitive team in, in the Quebec conference. Statistically, he is the best quarterback. Statistically, he is the best. Okay. But like when we look at out of his mind. I would put Concordia, I would comfortably put Concordia in over Manitoba. Comfortably. Manitoba beat they beat Regina. And then they beat Alberta. Alberta was not previously ranked. Regina was not previously ranked. They're at eight. That's ahead of Concordia, who is undefeated, much like Manitoba, but has played good teams. Yeah. And same effects. I mean, it's the AUS. People have their opinions about the AUS. We have voiced some of our opinions about the AUS, but they're still undefeated at the top of the conference. Like, to me, I don't, I don't see it with Manitoba. If you want to put Regina at 10 because they beat Calgary, that's fair. That's fair. But if you want to talk about, okay, Guelph's still up there. They just lost to Windsor. Uh, they couldn't score a touchdown. And are we really saying Guelph is a better team than Waterloo? Like, really? Like, really? They beat Western, so now they're going to be held up in the top 10. You lost to Windsor. You I'm lost sorry. To Windsor like, no disrespect to Windsor. You couldn't but score it's a Windsor. touchdown. You couldn't score a touchdown. That's like, your offense was flat. Like, major flat. Waterloo so, dropped. Like, this. Water, Waterloo dropped like 40 on, on Windsor. So I, I but uh, Queens is undefeated and they're behind two other OUA teams as well. Like Montreal right. and Laval, like Montreal barely beat Laval. Like I'm talking like missed field goal by Laval and they have them separated by two spots. Like to me, it should be Western Calgary, Montreal, Laval. Cause right now Montreal and Laval, you can't split. Then Queens. Then if you want to go Mac, Yep, agree with that. Saskatchewan, Guelph, Regina, Waterloo. You still want to put Give Guelph over Waterloo? I can't do it. I can't put Guelph over Waterloo. They have they have a win over Western. That's I, that is why I'm putting them over Waterloo. And I do like I very very firmly believe Concordia needs to be on this list. Then we then we take out Regina because they've beaten a top number one team in the in the country. 
So, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a weird one this week. I, I don't know. I'm not comfortable with Montreal at one. Um, Western at two is whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's some things I think uh, I'd like to see changed. But, again, like you said, I mean, I guess like JJ said, there's, there's no real implications on, you know, who plays national championships and things like that with, with this list. It's more so just for, you know, guys like us to look at and, and have a little bit of fun with. But let's, let's highlight some games. Let's, let's bring some positivity hey, back here. Let's highlight some games, man. Here we go, because right off the hop, Concordia at Laval. If you want to talk about Concordia in the top 10, if Laval goes in, loses their, thir- what, third game this Do year? Do third, yeah. And Concordia's undefeated? Laval shouldn't be in the top 10. I no, will say it right I now. agree. If Concordia goes in and convincingly beats Laval, and when I say convincingly, like, I mean touchdown touchdown difference. Like I'm not talking blowout. If Concordia wins by a touchdown over Laval, Laval's out of the top 10. I yes. don't want to see them for the rest of the year. They will be a three-loss team, and Concordia will be undefeated with a win over them. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree on this one. And... Other games around the country, I mean, we got Smew at Bishops. Bishops coming off that close loss to X. And then X taking on Mount Allison on the road. Ken West gets the conference bye week uh, for Thanksgiving, which is kind of a nice touch. Uh, If you're going to have a reduced schedule and you need to fill an extra week, it's a good way to do it. The Concordia Stingers, though, like that's the one I'm looking at. Like they have a win over Montreal already. If they beat Laval... That's two wins over two top five opponents. They'll be undefeated. Concordia should then be above Laval. And I would even make the case for them over Montreal because they've beaten everyone Montreal has, including Montreal. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if Concordia sneaks out a win this weekend, they undeniably have to be on the top 10. They undeniably have to be over Laval. Arguably, I like the Montreal argument. Um, if they win against Laval, I'd be excited to see what a Concordia-Montreal matchup looks like. Uh, but we round out no can West games this weekend. We gave you all of the OUA games. Uh, let's talk some CFL action in this one because there's a couple teams that play twice. Uh, Ottawa taking on Toronto as we are recording this one. So that one will be out already. We're still going to give you our picks and stuff so you can either laugh at us and or, you know, be happy with us. Uh, I believe I was right last week when we did it like this anyways anyways won't go there uh edmonton at winnipeg calgary at saskatchewan again on thanksgiving and then ottawa turning it around on a short week playing montreal on thanksgiving toronto same deal but in hamilton on the thanksgiving monday all right let's go quick fire here ottawa at toronto the wednesday night we'll count it toronto minus nine that is a big line um but toronto i think has the ability to put those points up Ottawa, maybe they do now with Caleb Evans, but um, rule of three, three, uh, we will see. I guess we'll see tonight, but uh, I think I'm going to roll with Toronto and a nine-point game in this one. And the over-under in this one set at 46.5. I'm taking the under on that. So Toronto by nine, under in the game. Then we've got Edmonton at Winnipeg. Winnipeg minus 14.5. Yikes, that's a huge line for the Bombers uh, as they play an Edmonton team that is just reeling week by week. Yeah, this line really scares me. 14 and a half is a lot. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see it get there given the state, you know, that the Edmonton Alex are in. But right now, 
Winnipeg without Kenny Lawler, I know they're still going to have the ability to push the ball downfield, um, but other guys are going to have to step up there in lieu of Kenny Lawler. This line, just with the circumstances surrounding the games for both teams, is a little bit scary. I'm staying away. I'm saying Edmonton covers, but I think Winnipeg still comes away with with a you know a north of ten point win in this one. I just don't know if it's going to be a touchdown or a two touchdown win. Um, so I am taking Edmonton to cover fourteen and a half points because that's a lot for me. Maybe I'm just you know scared. A talented offense to give fourteen and a half to. Uh, over under for that game, sorry, is set at forty two and a half. I'm guessing you want the over. I am. I'm going over in this one. Um, Trevor Harris is back. Zach Claros, we saw what he did last week. I think teams are going to put points on the board in this one. Uh, Calgary at Sask. Sask minus three. Back yeah. home at home. You want Sask? I do. They're coming into this one pissed off. They're not how, losing to Calgary twice, man. How many times can Fajardo go 50% in a row, though, right? Like, we know he's a good passer. I don't think he's going to come close to that, um, especially after getting on his guys over under 43 and a half with Bo Levi kind of questionable. Where do you want this one to go? I want this one to go over. I'm taking the over in this one uh, as well. Sass can put points on the board. And I mean, so can Calgary, depending on the night. Um, 43 and a half. It's like, I don't know. To hit that, I guess I would have to have 22 points from each team. I think they can get there. I think they can get there. These are two talented offenses. Ottawa. Second game of the week at Montreal. Montreal minus seven. I am going to rock with Vernon Adams Jr. and those Montreal Alouettes. Um, you know, it took a lot for them to get that win over Hamilton in overtime, but they did pull it out. Now they are not playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats in this one. They're playing the Ottawa Red Blacks. This will be the third game of the rule of three for Caleb Evans, as Wade likes to say. Uh, I'm still going with Montreal in this one. I, I don't know. I mean, Ottawa needs to, to prove something to me more than that they can just beat up on Edmonton because it's seeming like anybody can beat on Edmonton right now. So, uh, yeah, Montreal Montreal by a touchdown in this one. And over under 50 and a half. I like the over on this one just because it's Ottawa's second game. Connor is disagreeing, though. He's going to go under. Why is that? I'm going under in this one. Um, I don't know, man. Ottawa, I think coming off a, a short week like they are is going to be tough. Uh, th- those guys are going to be dog. They're going to be tired. Uh, Montreal, I know Montreal can put a heck of a lot of points on the board. Um, really, you'd be asking for a 30 to 20 victory from, from Montreal in this one, realistically, if you want to hit that over. But I, I don't know. I don't know if Ottawa's going to be able to, to put up that many points on a short week. Um, and they have one of the lowest point totals in the league right now. Ottawa's ability to put points on the board scares me. They've been relying on, on Deadman to do that for them. Can he go six games in a row with a return touchdown? I, I don't know, man. I don't know if he can do that. Second game where we see his team for the second time, if you can wrap your head around that tongue twister, that's the Toronto Argonauts at the Ticats. Ticats minus four and a half. Masoli back. Looks like all the weapons are back. Where are you going? Hamilton. Hamilton, one, does not lose at home, like, rarely ever. Um, I think they're going to be, you know, a little bit more rested than Toronto, who has to play on a Wednesday night and then turn around and play on Monday again. Um, You know, this is obviously one of the best rivalries in the East, but 
it is one that Hamilton just as a city takes pride in winning all the damn time. Uh, Toronto on a short week is going to be a tough one. Like I said, Hamilton has one of the best defensive units in the league. I think they're going to be able to shut down a tired Toronto offense and the over under in this game set at 42 and a half for Tim Hortons field. Um, in this one for the over under, I, I don't know. I'm going to say over on this one. It's a, it's one of those lower point totals that I feel comfortable taking, taking it over on. Uh, unders have been hitting unders have been hitting in the CFL this year. That's why I've been so kind of on the under train as of late. It has been a year of the unders for the CFL. Uh, we're going to move to some fantasy values. I'm going to hit these quick, uh, Montreal Alouette's defense because they're getting Ottawa at home, Ottawa's second road game of the week, Ottawa, Montreal's, uh, defense and special teams. It will be Caleb Evans third game, the rule of three, uh, I'm going to play a defense this week because I like the fact that I'm getting a team for the, the second time. Like you got to think about this. They're going, they're playing last night, Wednesday. They're probably going to be on the field today for practice. Uh, today being Thursday, then they'll have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but they're going to have to go Friday, Saturday, and then they're going to have to do walk through and travel on the Sunday and then Monday. Cause it's a 1 PM start. They'll be early. So we're talking about five days to get back from Toronto, recover your body, get your full game prep and install done and practice and get your lifts and recovery and all that jazz and your meetings. And then you turn around your back at it before you even know it. Like you're taking, it's like playing a Sunday nighter and then going right into a Thursday night, but you don't get the luxury of the night game especially with Ottawa and Montreal where you could travel same day because you'd be leaving at like uh, 7 a.m. Not even. You'd probably want to be there by before that. So I don't know. I'm going Al's defense, 3,200. You can value them at uh, KSB, the tried and true, 4571. Uh, man, this guy's over 100 yards again. Uh, he keeps hauling in games, game after game. 29 receptions in six games. We're just under five a game. Uh, 400 yards and a touchdown as we saw a couple weeks ago. But this man keeps tallying up points for me. I like it. I love it. Uh, Willie, then uh, it doesn't count, but we're going to go with Caleb Evans against Toronto on the first game of the week. Uh, I really like the rule of three before it comes into play. Uh, so I'm going to take him at 7,500. And then, like I said to Connor, we're throwing it in. Sean McGuire, <laughs> 5,369. Uh, the guy just rushing touchdowns, man. Just rushing. Uh, okay, here's my thing with Sean McGuire, though. Listen he's a six, to these stats. Six points a week. Six points a week. That's what this you got. insane. Insane. The guy has like 20. I think got, he has 21 carries. He averages like 1.7 yards, 15, 15 carries. He averages like 1.7 yards per carry and he has seven touchdowns. He is a goal line machine. This guy has 46 fantasy points and he has touched the ball 16 times. He has one pass completion. Oh, sorry. 17, two attempts, 15 carries and seven touchdowns. Incredible. (laughs) Name Um, me a better stat line. I, I cannot argue with that. It is uh, certainly one of the best things going right now. 
I love watching it. Also loved Chris Strelman when he had a similar thing going with uh, them. But that concludes my fantasy picks. We're going KSB. We'll go Caleb Evans. We'll go uh, Al's defense against Ottawa. And Sean McGuire, the rushing machine. Always have to throw Sean McGuire in there. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't actually play him. I think that one's more tongue-in-cheek. We just love the fact that the dude has seven rushing touchdowns. Sean McGuire is an absolute monster on the goal line for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But that is going to close out our show. And that's going to close out us for the week. You will be able to catch us on Friday with our OUA preview. We're going to be talking about all the games coming up for the weekend. And then later on the weekend, we will be doing the OUA recap. We might be pushing it because of Thanksgiving. So stay tuned for that. We will have an update on that, but we will be doing the recap show. Absolutely. Uh, That cuts the show today. But before we go, just want to remind you to grab your beer from Sawdust City Brewing Company because it's amazing. And they offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This October, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. Again, that is CFL the league that we all know and love for free shipping on your first order over $100 shipping is available to Ontario residents only, and you must be of legal drinking age. And if you want to catch any of the games that we talked about today from the OUA slate, head over to OUA.tv. It is free to sign up. You can get every game live and on demand at the touch of your fingertips. And if you want to check out stats, standing schedules and more, Head over to OUA.ca, find the football tab, and search your heart away. For Connor and I, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Safety to all. Hopefully, everyone can get time with their families safely. Uh, Traveling, eating, drinking, be careful. Uh, Don't drink and drive. Don't drive and use drugs in any sort of fashion. Uh, Please just get to where you're going safely. Cabs, Ubers, friends of friends. Um, There's always ways to get home without having to risk your life or the life of someone else. Um, So please take care. I know I'm going to enjoy a hell of a lot of turkey and potatoes and stuffing this weekend. Connor's looking at me like he's going for pies right away. Like he might just skip the meals and go straight for desserts. I don't know. I, I might. I am a big, uh, big dessert for dinner type of guy. I, I am. I really am. Um, my mom yells at me every year for trying to grab a piece of pie early, but every year, every year. But uh, take care, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the OUA slate. 